and welcome to episode 247 of the Bad Wolf Podcast. I'm Martin, and joining me this week, I have Sam. Hello. And Sam, you've brought along a very special guest tonight. I've brought along a very special guest and a very special friend. This is all the way from your dreams, James O'Donoghue. Hiya. <laughs> Yay. No other guest has ever had that. <laughs> you can't play that sound to to a comedian during lockdown. It is just, it's cruel. I forgot what that sounded like. That's what I get on stage. <laughs> <laughs> James, thanks for joining us today. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm a Bristol-based comedian. Been going just over five years, but I don't know if this last year counts because I would rather undo all the gigs that I've done over Zoom. They have been probably detrimental. I feel like I've I've regressed a year. And yeah, I do a bit of uh, do a bit of comedy, do a bit of do a bit of acting when I can, a little bit of drawing, and mainly now day job. I'm all day job at the moment. But yeah, I've been a Doctor Who fan since it came back in 2005, while I was in uh, my last year at primary school, and got into the show through that. And really, really happy to be on this show because I tend to listen to this while I am walking around corridors in self storage units, sleeping. That's not his job. He just does that. (laughs) (laughs) Just like someone's got to. Well, thanks for listening and thanks for coming on. As Sam told you, what we're going to do today? Are you doing your guessing what a guessing what episode is through a terrible review? Yeah, that's the one. All right. So, should I get started? Go for it. Okay. I've seen this episode. I wish I hadn't. Annoying characters, bad acting all round. Anyone who had anything to do with this shit show should be exterminated, <laughs> eradicated, erased, something beginning with E. Well, I mean, that could be a many number of episodes, couldn't it? Um, is it going to be one that we're going to agree with? No, this is quite a popular one. My guess is, because they did that sort of like exterminated, eradicate, anything beginning with E. Is it? Is it Dalek? Oh. <laughs> well done, it is in fact Dalek, yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. I love finding these. Uh, I love Dalek. I think it's a modern classic, and the big finish that it's based on is even better, in my opinion. Yes, uh, Jubilee. Very good, very good. So, James, when you watched Dalek, that would have been your first... Would that have been the first time you saw them? Could a Doctor Who's always been in consciousness? And my parents had both been into it when they would been. Uh, children in the 60s so daleks were just sort of like this bizarre bit of design almost like they they could have been you could have you know yeah you had these things and you could have told someone that they were anything like they were you know ideas for rail travel in the 60s and you'd have gone oh, okay because they're just <laughs> this incredible bit of design work and then i found out they were they were part of the show and i thought oh, okay it, they, and then you hear all the jokes like, well, they couldn't get upstairs. Well, they got a sink plunger. I knew about them tangentially. And then seeing one in action in the show was sort of, yeah, that was the first bit of sort of Dalek, like Dalek being a Dalek that I'd seen. It was a good one. I like that they addressed all those things as well. Because although I think they did, they well, they did fly in the in the old series. This is the first time they kind of address that. And also they actually use the sink plunger where he kind of, I don't know what, does he, so he grabs the guy by the face from my memory, the guard who's been torturing him. So there's some justice there. And I can't remember, does he crack his skull with the the plunger? He causes a vacuum around his head and it it crushes his skull. It's it's like that episode had a checklist of like, Robert Sherman had been bored of every joke that you got in like the 90s sort of I remember Doctor Who shows that you'd get at the end of coming back from the pub. It's like he sat there with Mm. a notebook going, right, I've got to make this look cool, this look cool, this look cool. Then they'll fucking understand. (laughs) Yeah. They nearly used the Toclophane in this because they weren't sure if they could get the rights. Really? Yeah. Was it those flying head things? What was happening is they commissioned Rob Sherman to write Dalek. They're caught up in the nation estate, so the BBC don't actually own them, so they didn't know if they could use them, and the nation estate were playing real hardball and wanted more money. Sherman said to RTD, what do I do if we can't use the Daleks? And RTD reportedly just drew a circle on a piece of paper and said, there's your villain. <laughs> 
And that's pretty much how it works now, to be honest. I think they just draw a shape <laughs> and go, there you are. So this yeah. bit's baddie. I would have thought they would have used the Cybermen if they couldn't do it. They'd have to have one big bad for that, surely. Sam, was this your first introduction to the Daleks? I know you were a fan, you were a fan no, long no. before. My first introduction was the, properly, was the movies, the Peter Cushing movies. Right, yeah. And I, in my head, that's still the best version of them because there's something about... I think it must have been how it was recorded because I don't think there was too much... You, we could kind of tell... I mean, going off subject a bit, but I was watching over the weekend, I watched the Beatles film, Help, which was from 1965 and probably used a lot of the same production things. I know it's filmed in the same studio as them. And when they overdub them, like one of their... Let's say they have to overdub something at sometimes in, in post-production. It sounds really bad because obviously they didn't have the technology then to make it that slick so i think they obviously back then did the daleks live as they were in the room and that control room and the sets are really big and they're really empty so the echoey noise of the daleks sounds incredible in those original 60s movies the peter cushion ones they sound just so menacing so they were that was my first introduction to them and i was again i was one of these people who sort of went off the show before it came back long before because i was about 16 when the show came back and so I'd gone off it when I was around 12 13 so in my head I when I heard it was coming back I thought well they can't use the Daleks because even I got to the age of sort of 10 11 when I went oh they're rubbish they didn't do anything they're not interesting so when they came back I remember the trailer looking really good and being like oh this trailer's gonna be amazing and seeing a Dalek in it and thinking oh that's ruined it that's going to be embarrassing. Then the show started. It was a, it started really well. And I thought, oh, no, it's going to be the Dalek one next week. And all this good work is going to be undone. But they did an amazing job of making it, <laughs> making it scary again and just making it good. Like it was a good baddie. So I don't know who this, who this review was from. <laughs> Mate, you never know. My first introduction to the Daleks was there used to be a show in the 90s on Channel 4 called TV Offal. And All right. I was about seven in 89 when it's cancelled. So I've got real fractured memories of Doctor Who and obviously knew what a Dalek was because mm. it's just in our lexicon. Like I knew what a TARDIS was. I knew the Doctor regenerated, etc. But my first introduction would have come about 96, 97 with this Channel 4 program where they had a sketch called The Gay Daleks. And their catchphrase was exterminate. Talk dirty, I am exterminating. It would probably be very on PC these days. I'll have to look back yeah. on YouTube. But it was basically this one Dalek being suspicious of his other Dalek boyfriend and that he was cheating on him with Cybermen and stuff like that. <laughs> to be honest, again, I could see that being a Chris Chibnall story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if either of you saw, but before the episode aired on shit posting groups there were all these rumors that were coming out that like oh well the story of this is the doctor is going to get impregnated by a dalek and he's going to then go back in time and give birth to davros and it was like any other period of the show any other period of the show i'd think no that's ridiculous of course not <laughs> like there was a good i don't know i i don't know anymore when was this rumour out? This was before before this Christmas. Oh, no, so it was quite recent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, to be fair, yeah. If someone came up with me, to be honest, when, when I heard the rumour of the timeless child, I went, yeah, nice one. Like, that's going to be a thing. The Doctor was actually a like, little girl who fell through time and kept regenerating. Mental. Then when they actually did it, I went, oh, uh, yeah, anything's possible. So, yeah, to be honest, the, the Doctor being the, the, the mother slash father of Davros, yeah, totally. It makes as much sense as the Timeless Child. It introduces <laughs> less exterior concepts than the Timeless Child. The amount of leaps you have to get from the Timeless Child is there. You, you have this gateway to another world. Who's no? Who knows what's on that other world? You have this secret history of the Time Lords that no one's known of. You have all these other past lives of the Doctor that no one knows of. You've, <laughs> that, that's more... That's more things you're introducing right in the end of the series than just uh, oh, all these characters that you know are related. <laughs> that's that's easier. <laughs> to be fair, that would just go down the same line as the Mandalorian. It would just be the Doctor looking after a little wrinkly Davros, <laughs> <laughs> which, which, to be fair, it's been a big hit for Disney. So yeah, and to be honest, it, I I wouldn't put it past them anymore. I'd love to see baby Davros memes shared by your <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what they do. You're the oh. artist, James. You got to knock that up. 
Yeah. <laughs> I should say, actually, James, we'll, we'll probably bring it up again at the end, but James has done some very good Doctor Who art, haven't you? You did all the Doctors. Oh, yeah, I did. I did all of them. And then it was a, it was a number I didn't like, so I uh, did the Fugitive Doctor and, uh, and Peter Cushing's Doctor Who, which I've got to agree, Sam, I don't think the Daleks have ever looked better than in that film. Yeah, they were cool. And, and they moved really nicely. Like, How did they make the move really nicely in that? And then I think one of the first stories after that was Mission to the Unknown, where they started just putting them on slides, and they will sort of slide down and skid for a little bit before giving an order, which, to be fair, looked awesome. But it looked like a kind of a funky boss who tries to look cool at work, <laughs> kind of skidding into a room and going, hey, guys, let us e-shot, what's happening? Give me the blowdown. Like, that's the sort friend. of thing they do. I always had a thing with the Daleks, where you have like a group of Daleks all talking at each other. And I always thought, would you really have a group of of cyborgs with a, a, a path web kind of shared brain? Would you have them all shouting at each other either side of the room? Or would they be more kind of sinister and just silent communicating? Well, isn't there a rumour that they that they talk different languages or something? And what we're hearing, a bit like the, the idea of the show is that we hear what the companion hears so we're hearing it in english where really it's they're communicating through kind of electric noises that would be that's interesting well it's like when they're in germany they're shouting in german that was so cool i love that's one of the coolest moments in the show that was but again that was just russell t davis going what questions have we got at this point all right i'll do yeah. that i'll do like that like having like all right if we block their eye stalk then they're defeated no i'll just show that that doesn't work yeah <laughs> shall we move on to the next one yes go for it let's right. have another review oh dear where to start <laughs> the show started off so well they're starting there but now they've ruined it fan wanky for the sake of fan wankery two returning characters nobody cares about who asked for this oh uh two returning characters is it episode two from <laughs> oh could it be two right so two characters came out i'm trying to think which one were two when did two characters come back not the martha jones one is it the Santaran one it's not that one but no she came back but i can't think who else came back with them what about the uh, two right when did two characters come back at once oh uh, what about oh twice upon a time it's not that one. Oh, oh not the 50th anniversary is it <laughs> no just to say, two doctors no one cares about. <laughs> I'm a diehard Matt Smith. I do not need these in my life. Oh, can you give us a clue? All right, it's a David Tennant one. Journey's End? No. Oh, I suppose there's more than two there. Utopia? No. Oh. This one is a very, very popular one. Oh, um, Blink is one of the most of his populars, but no one returns in that. No. What about David Oh, the one with... Oh, the Cybermen one. Age of Steel? No, it's not that one. Right series, though. Right series. Oh, series two, oh. then. Oh, man. Oh, oh, hang on. New Earth? It's not New Earth. Oh, God. What's left of that season? All right, I'll give you another hint. This one's set up a spin-off. Oh, so... Torchwood, oh, not the 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 werewolf one. No, not that one. That's where they set up Torchwood, isn't it? Because he pisses off Queen Victoria, and she's like, "I'm going to make Torchwood." Yeah, but there were two spin-offs. Oh no! Oh, I know. Yeah, School Reunion. Oh, that is so mean. Who would say that about <laughs> Sarah Jane? It's time to start naming and shaming. Let's cancel them. That's a lovely episode. I know, I know. And even before I knew what Doctor Who was, I knew who Sarah Jane Smith was. Yeah. So what do you guys make of School Reunion then? I I liked it. I was quite surprised by that point, how on the nose it was for the old series, because I felt like if you want to go back and watch season one to Eccleston series, they're very reluctant to bring up anything from the old series. Like they do... I think the biggest bit they do, other than obviously having the Daleks and the Autons, but even though they look completely different and are, and are, and are, new, are treated like new characters, the only sort of on-the-nose bit is where you see the old Cyberman helmet, which actually looks a bit out of place because they use like an invasion sort of 60s-style Cyberman helmet. And it's like, oh, okay, that's that looks a bit out of place there. But otherwise, they're very careful about... Like, he doesn't say Gallifrey. Yeah. He only says Time Lords a couple of times. He, they mention Davros, but they're not by name. But it's all sort of, it's a bit, it reminds me a little bit of when they make a new like superhero film 
Like they'll make references to things that have happened in the past, but they don't say them by name. They'll kind of make reference and stuff. So I kind of like that. And then suddenly we get dropped into series two, which starts off in the same vein, but then we're thrown straight back into literally the same prop as canine, just looking a bit rusty and the actual Sarah Jane and, you know, and she goes along those, she lists like all these things that she came up against, like, you know, the mummies and the, the Loch Ness monster and all that. And it is a, quite a strange one. It was the first time I think the show properly looked back into its past. It didn't do it much after that, because that pretty much after that point, Sarah Jane, you always feel like Sarah Jane's two companions. She's who she was in the 70s. And it's who she was in the newer series. So, yeah, it was it was an interest. It was good, though. It was quite sad as well. And I don't know how I felt at the time about hearing that Sarah Jane had a bit of a thing for the Doctor. That felt a little bit odd back then. We're used to it now. Like, everyone wants to shag the Doctor. It was a bit weird hearing that Sarah Jane... Because she sort of says, you know, I did have this thing for a man and there was no one who ever really replaced him. <laughs> and then you go back to her and Tom Baker... <laughs> it's just basically him being really horrible to us for less seasons. It's not really explored, but like I've I've not seen the the full episodes, but the clips I've seen where where he goes from Sean Pertwee being incredibly human and incredibly sort of gentle and allowing the fragility of the scene to play out, and then Tom Baker, who's just straight out the gate, Tom Baker mm. doing like hopscotch. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, you may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. It's like you. You'd really, you'd freak the fuck out. You would. And I love the way that she just went, ah, he's the one. Oh, well, fancy him. (laughs) And there are some nice scenes. There's, what's the one I, sorry, I mentioned this to someone recently and I was like, that always bothered me, the idea that, I suppose by then in the new series, you didn't know. And I felt like they were rewriting history a bit then. I felt like Russell T. Davis just decided to write that every single companion fancied the Doctor. I, I genuinely feel like that's, you know, that's how the show's pretty much gone ever since then. And so I think he's kind of tried to rewrite history and said, oh, you know, Sarah. Whereas you watch the old series now, you could simply say, oh, they're just friends. And if anything, she gets quite annoyed at him and they bicker quite a lot. But And I mentioned this recently, but someone did point me out to a really lovely scene, which is, I think, a mask of Mandora, something like that. And it opens with them wandering around the TARDIS. And there's this lovely little flirtatious behaviour with them where... He's basically kind of taking the mick out of her for being small. And she's saying she's like the TARDIS. She might be small, but she's packed full of something. And it's a really cute scene. I watched that and went, oh, yeah. Like, if I'd watched that in the 70s, I definitely would have gone, yeah, something's going to happen there. Because they're walking through the TARDIS and they're definitely just looking for the bedroom. (laughs) And all they find is a swimming pool, a library, and a God knows what. Victorian swimming baths. Wasn't the entirety of the... TARDIS corridor, just Victorian sort of hospitals and schools and things. Yeah, there was one, wasn't it? It was the, the invasion where they go, oh, quickly go and get... Because like, in that one, it's quite good because they, they go in these corridors. The one where I was on about just now with Tom Baker and Elizabeth Sladen. They're walking through and the TARDIS looks quite kind of good. It's basically all the walls are the same. But then there is one, which is the invasion, which I think we've covered on here before, which is they, they run out the back of the TARDIS and they are literally just in an old hospital. <laughs> This just looks so weird. All right, shall I do the next one? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Gross. Rose might as well have just fucked her dad. (laughs) That is the wedding of uh, Billy Piper and Chris Evans. (laughs) Imagine Chris Evans not being your least favourite ex. Let's just just think of that for one moment. Chris Evans is not your least favourite ex. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) <laughs> do you know what I think I know what that one is I think that one is parting of the ways yeah because because the reason I thought that was I thought it was going to be something to do with the, the, the person who played her dad but she didn't actually have many scenes with them that was anything weird but that was also the first time that a companion other than the TV movie the first time they'd kissed and I suppose back then it wasn't like Tennant and, and, and Billy Piper who were sort of of similar age this was kind of old Eccleston and young, what, she would have been probably about 22, 23 back then. So, yeah, I imagine that would have been the reaction. Yeah, I didn't agree with what Russell T. Davis said about that. He's like, oh, and the ninth Doctor finally gets to kiss her, which he's wanted to do all series. Yeah. I saw that as being the only way to get the thing out of her. Mm. Have you ever used that excuse on a lady, Martin? Maybe, but these are different times. You've got a bit of the uh, Matrix inside you. I'll get that out of you. He didn't do that to... Um, he didn't never did that to the Master, did he? When the Master was possessed. No, that's he a good point. Went, now, come here, young man. I shall suck that out of you. 
whether you like it or not, young man. Bring it here, get out. It feels like you've said that to someone before. As John Pertwee, yeah, and in full costume. (laughs) That's been always like a thing with the Doctor of the Master is like, you don't hate someone that much. And, you know, that's they've done it. And it doesn't like really matter which coronation's done it, but they, they, which incarnation's done it, they've done it. They're, like, they, all that kind of like back and forth with sword fighting with the third and with the third doctor and, and the first master. It's like, yeah, they've had like private school dalliances. They've had the power showers. Yeah. <laughs> it was bored well, in school. I don't know. I, wasn't there something that was mentioned? It might have been a big finish that the, definitely something happened between the Rani and the Doctor. We're led to believe something did happen there. Yeah, that I can believe. That I think so, yeah. I, there was some story I remember seeing about it. I think it's big finish. And they basically, they go back to their, they talk about their childhood a little bit. And uh, I saw an interview with a writer. That I've, I won't mention the writer's name, but the writer's basically saying, yeah, I just had this vision of like, you know, the Master and the Doctor and the Rani together. You know, the two guys, one slightly nerdy and one kind of a little bit cocky. And then the very brainy girl. And I just don't know where that idea came from, but it came to me. And I thought, yeah, you did, mate. You're thinking of Harry Potter. You've just put <laughs> Harry Potter into Doctor Who. <laughs> and it literally was. And they literally just, there's these little five minutes, they go back and sort of talk about it. And it is literally just there, there Harry, Hermione, and, and, and Ron. And Snape is Barusa. <laughs> and like, I'm going to go with Dumbledore. He's basically just put Harry Potter in it. And everyone's going, oh, wow, it's so good to hear this story of when they were at school. That's so clever. And you're like, it's just nicked Harry Potter, mate. All right, shall I do the next one? Yeah, go for it. An awful remake of a much worse episode. What was Moffat thinking? Who greenlit this? Did Moffat just cross out names in the original script and think, yeah, that'll do. Time for a wank. (laughs) Well, I mean... I mean, definitely Moffat has thought time for a wank. Um, I think he thinks that at the end of every episode. He's exactly the kind of person who would like clap their hands together and go, right, time for a wank. (laughs) (laughs) Him wanking is just writing another scene set in a mind palace. Why did you put a mind palace in Dracula? How did you do that? Oh, man. Uh, Okay, so what a remake of another episode. Is it? Oh, I'm trying to think when they've redone the. There was one not long ago where we went, oh, that's. that's That is just a copy of that. Is it. Is it the Dalek one? It's not the, the Dalek one. Oh, they're in the one in the Asylum of the Daleks. No, it's not that one. Because I thought that could be quite similar to Dalek in a way. Him having the one with the. I, see, I was going to say Victory of the Daleks because it's sort of a kind of parallel to Power of the Daleks, but... It's not that one. I'll say it is a Matt Smith one. Okay, it's a Matt Smith one. So did they say it's a bad episode but a remake of an even worse episode? That's right. And is the worst episode a modern one as well? It is, yeah. Oh, okay. The... Is it, has it got angels in it? You know what? I don't remember. Oh, okay. It was that good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Okay. I'm trying to think if there's been a remake. Oh, I was going to say then if it was the the um, Christmas Carol one, but of course that isn't. That's a remake of an actual story, not a yeah. Doctor Who one. Is it good, Matt Smith, or bad, Matt Smith? Oh, I didn't care for this one. Okay. I'm trying to think because I do feel like that's that era of the show did repeat on itself quite a lot. And are you able to tell us what the story was that it was a remake of, or, or what what era it was? Okay, the one they say it was a remake of was a Tenant era episode. Okay, no, oh, do you know what? Oh, Nightmare in Silver. It's not Nightmare in Silver. Shall I just reveal what it is? Yeah, go for it. The Bells of St. John. Was in the opening episode? Yeah, people feel that it is a remake of The Idiot's Lantern. What, because they get stuck in the thing? Stuck in the thing and they get the faceless people and a lot of the shots are the same. And he climbs up the thing at the end. Yeah, yeah. I, I never I never would have noticed that. I didn't like that one either because we got introduced to Clara and I'm not famous for my opinions <laughs> on Clara. I mean, not as bad as Chris, who nearly broke the internet with this. <laughs> oh, poor Chris. Do you know about this, James? No, no. What did what, what's he what's he done now? <laughs> so there was God, 
<laughs> I thought was really funny. Basically, there was some controversy. Martin, you might, I might tell me, stop me if I'm telling the story wrong. So but- Chris went to LFCC, which is a convention in London, and he came across this cardboard cutout of Jenna Louise Coleman, or Jenna Coleman, and he posed for a picture with her and was like, huh, didn't cost me 50 quid suckers or something something along those oh, lines. Yeah, but also there was, a, there was a thing before that that a load of people were complaining, and this was unjust, and Chris never justified them saying this. It's important to say this. He did come on here and say it was it was stupid what they were doing. But some people were like, the story goes, and this is kind of telling it from both sides of the story, the story goes that people were paying quite a lot of money to have pictures with her and she looked really miserable in every picture but like quite comically funny like at one point she was like pointing at them you know they sort of do like a friendly point but she was doing a point but with a really unhappy face but allegedly what would happen is early on a few fans had been quite mean to her and i don't think sometimes they realize they're being mean to her they go they were saying things like oh hi oh we really like you jenna Cobham." But your character was shit, and you had a shit send off, and you were shit, and we hated you, ruined Hellbent, and all that stuff. Apparently, some fans were going on and thought it was no issue to go and tell all their thoughts on essentially what she'd done for a living. That sounds more like plausible that. than the story that I also heard. Well, what's the story you also heard? Well, what was going around Twitter on the time is that some fans sexually assaulted her, and that's oh, why she looks so miserable. But then I'm thinking if someone sexually assaults you, you just, you would leave. Yeah, I wouldn't. Would you you wouldn't stay there opening yourself up to it potentially happening again. Again, yeah. I'm not like, if she was, then I'm not victim yeah, blaming or anything like that. It's no, 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 no. Truly yeah. awful. The all I'll say Showmasters is- have never put out a statement about it. Makes me think yeah. that it didn't happen because they would, they're normally straight on that if something like that happens. Yeah. I'll only say that I never, I genuinely, I'm not even joking. I never heard that rumor. I honestly never heard that rumor. And if it is, if that did happen, then that's disgusting. Especially if she had to sort of see out her contract and stay there. That's awful. Yeah. And I wouldn't blame her for being miserable. The yeah. only story I heard, and this is, again, just a story. And I, I genuinely have never heard that until tonight. So I apologize if that, if there is more behind that. And if that is true, then I shouldn't joke. We shouldn't joke about it whatsoever. But the only story I heard was that some people were basically telling her that they didn't like her character and didn't like not her performance, but didn't like what happened in the show. You know, the send-off she got when she went off in that diner and stuff. They basically felt the need to keep telling her they didn't like it. And she was kind of saying, well, don't tell me that. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not my issue. That's just one rumour I heard. Because it would be hurtful if you're told that basically everything you've worked really hard on for the last three, four years of your life would enjoy it. But we're here anyway, so smile. So that kind of makes sense. But yeah, if anything else happened, then that's horrific. And I hope that if anything did happen, they got to the bottom of it. But ultimately, so she was. So some people then complaining that she was miserable for the rest of the day. And so then Chris had a picture taken with a cardboard cutout, and it caused a lot of hate towards him. And then it became a bit of a running joke where people started photoshopping him or photoshopping <laughs> Clara <laughs> into pictures with him in general. And it was all quite funny, but it did get Chris a lot of heat. Yeah, it was something like, oh, I didn't have to pay 50 quid for this and she smiled. Yeah. And Chris knew nothing about any rumours or anything. All he'd no. seen is pictures of her looking really miserable with fans. And it was, it was a funny tweet. I retweeted it and I was laughing. But he got <laughs> like thousands, thousands of people sending him hate they were attacking him for being a straight white man just literally any bile that you could get thrown at you he got thrown at him that night yeah he did have to come off twitter for a bit i mean it was it was it was bad but but again it was literally that and he and like i said i didn't even know there was those other rumors about so I don't know if Chris did or didn't know about them. Oh, but, I don't think yeah. he did. Well, yeah, I wouldn't have thought he would have. I mean, Chris is quite a sensitive guy. Yeah, yeah. So I imagine he stays, a, he would have just not mentioned it at all. But it was just the fact that there were some pictures going around from the day that she looked miserable. And I think some people found that funny, not, not necessarily against her. They just found it funny in the sense that she just looked really angry. <laughs> and it's quite funny. Sometimes those pictures do the rounds, some funny pictures from those things when, pe- when people don't look very impressed to be there. So yeah, that happened. But yeah, going back to that, yeah, what, what, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of, of, of that version of Clara. I feel like the best version we got was the Victorian version. Absolutely. From, from the, the Christmas special. So when she joined, I was like, oh, she's awesome. She's really good. And she was this sort of funny cockney lass who was kind of pretending to be upper class to get in with his family. And I, and I thought she had um, like a good story. Then she obviously died and they brought in this kind of typical Moffat written, I know how to write a strong woman. I'll just make them really sassy and make them fold their arms a lot. 
like that that is how he writes for women Moffat and he did it he did it in coupling like he did it in coupling if he's on this this character's gonna be really strong okay how is she strong has she got like a really good job has she got this is she she maybe not going to talk about men all the time she actually has her own sort of you know no 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 none of that no 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 so Clara's still got a shit job she's just a nanny because you know because she's a girl and she, obviously she's in love with the doctor we got to put that in there as well she just goes all gooey for him all she talks about is men when she's not fancying the doctor she's just fancying other men because that's what girls do uh, but when she's strung yeah she just folds her arms rolls her eyes and says something a bit sassy uh, oh you mean like amy then well yeah and you mean like river song then yeah it's like it's so bad but yeah the nearest he got to writing a good version was that victorian one and obviously she died then bells of st john we get given this version of clara which which wasn't very good but uh, not not your fault jenna Louise Coleman, you didn't, you didn't write it. Good <laughs> on you. Well yeah, done. I would, I would never tell someone when I'm standing there to get a picture. Oh, I like you, but you know your character was shit. Well, I've, I've actually seen it. I've only ever been to one of those things ever. One of those things ever, and that was because it was a chance to meet Christopher Eccleston, and it was and, and Paul McGann, and that was really, really lovely. But I all day saw people criticizing people's work really weirdly. So at one point I was near, me and my sister were stood there like looking somewhere to go and we were right near the Pearl Mackey bit where Pearl, where Pearl Mackey was, was signing bits and someone just felt the need to go up to them and go, oh, did you uh, did you enjoy your work on the series? She went, oh, it was brilliant. And she was, yeah, I didn't enjoy that series. I don't think it was very good. She was like, oh, It's okay. so weird. And apparently it happens a lot and it's like, why do people feel the need to tell them that? It's so bad. It's like tracking down a builder and being like, you know that wall you built in 1999? Yeah, shit, mate. <laughs> you must have had that sound at some point. Like, after after a gig, someone comes up to you and goes, yeah, yeah, it went all right for you. It'll be someone who isn't a comedian. Tell you what you should do, though. Yeah, you do get stuff like that. And it's always from, like, I don't mind if it comes from another comic like if someone feels the need they really have an opinion they need to go look i really like we did them and have you thought about trying this that's fine especially if you know them that's all good but yeah i have had a random member of the audience come up before and gone yeah so that bit you did there i noticed that didn't get as many laughs as the other bit and you go well you know that happens sometimes because yeah i think what the problem was is that i think it was really right for this room you know i don't think People really, and you're like, what? For, hang on a minute, why, who the fuck are you? Yeah, you get that a lot, and and, and I mean, and on a show that level, and we're on a obviously we're talking about a show that has so many strong opinions about it. I mean, I've never known a show where so many people feel the need to go, do you know what? I've never written anything. I've never made anything, but I'm going to make a whole YouTube channel talking about how much I hate this show that I apparently love. So we're, we're dealing with a show that has, quite rightfully or wrongly, has very strong opinions on it. Imagine just going up to those people, though, who've worked so hard on it and gone, nah, mate, that was shite, wasn't it? What were you thinking? People like Pearl Mackey and... Jenna Coleman. These are fairly early on in their careers. Yeah, this isn't yeah. this isn't your seasoned old treasure of the boards. You you know they they're maybe half a decade out of drama school. They've mm. got they, this big this big break. They've worked really hard, probably harder than they worked before because the filming is pretty full on schedule. And then to slap mm. in, <laughs> in a converted conference hall goes. <laughs> I do not like this thing that you have no control over. <laughs> do you think so, there's a part of those people that think, oh, they're going to think I'm so cool because nobody would have had the balls to tell oh, them this. Yeah. They're going to think I'm so cool. They're going to be like, right, you're not like anyone else. Here's my number. Let's hang out. Yeah, well, I, I also think that some people think because – I think some people think they're more entitled to have an opinion on their performance because – I've, and I've seen this a lot on Twitter. They've they've like really got it. So I saw it a lot with with like Jody, with like Jody. People have gone in on her and then gone. Uh, I think I know what I'm talking about. I've been a fan since 1972. Jody wasn't even a proper <laughs> fan. Like as if that's then more qualified. Like you know, like and I I see that a lot. Like this this sort of entitlement to go and people now use it against each other. Well, uh, James, I think you'll find that you may be a fan since 2005, but I actually watched my first episode in 1988. <laughs> so therefore, I lived through the wilderness years. Thank you very much. And therefore, you if they do that with fandom, they actually do it with people who worked on the show. Like I've heard people like, like about there's an episode on they don't like. They go, well, uh, I did hear that the writer wasn't actually a fan of the show. So, you know, to be honest, they, are they qualified to write this? 
And you're like, yes, because they're a fucking writer and they have <laughs> awards and accolades and years of experience. They can bash out 45 minutes of a kid's show. Thank you. Well, it's I, not- I'd rather have the Daleks uh, from the original Sky there, of course, uh, battle against the, uh, the returning members of the Axon. No one cares what your fan fiction wants. This is a trained TV writer. Leave them alone. Well, it's like when, when you listen to Mark Kermode like, review a film, he is very conscious that he's not a filmmaker in, in the yeah. same way that, you know, whoever whoever's made the film, he might be tearing apart. He never any point would go into sort of like, and here's how you could fix Sex in the City too. <laughs> like, actually, if you let left me with Transformers, Dark of the Moon, I could write a better film. It uses a different <laughs> part of your brain to, to, yeah. to criticise. And it's sort of, you know, for people who, who, who maybe don't do performance and don't do writing, it's not something that you you realise that, oh, I'm more qualified. But you're not. Mm. Because you don't know how to, you can approach the show with, you know, maybe you're qualified to be a script editor or maybe you're qualified mm. to be like, like J.R.R. Martin had a guy who just knew everything about about Game of Thrones and he would phone them up to go, have I done this yet? And they'd go, yes. And he'd go, oh shit, I need to write something else. You're qualified to do that, but you're not qualified to sort of give notes on production. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, people people have, I think we all have kind of, everyone's entitled to an opinion on kind of what they'd like to see. I mean, we, we've all sort of, when you tune in in an episode, you think, oh, I'd love to see this this week. Wouldn't it be great if these monsters came back? Wouldn't it be great to see this actress, the doctor, this person writing and so on? But it's when people go, no, I'll tell you what, they do not have the right to write this. It's like, what the hell are you on about, you mental? Like, it's, it, yeah, it, it's that. I mean, I've never never known a fandom like it of entitlement. I, and I'm I, sure I, like we've all fallen into that gap at some point. But it is it is funny. <laughs> it's quite funny <laughs> to watch it. Twitter, just uh, like hashtag Doctor Who and enjoy yourself for an hour and just see the bewildered. <laughs> I feel like everyone, it, it's sort of like like fantasy football. Everyone knew yeah. their sort of idea of what their tenure on the show would be, and you sort of that's a, that's a that's a good thing to have, and it's a good it's a good way of using your brain creatively. But you have to understand that that's probably going to be the limits, unless you want to go and and train as a writer and get shitty writing jobs on soap operas you hate for a long while, and then you know do a CBBC TV series while you're doing lots of cocaine which is as i did the way to get into writing doctor Who. <laughs> all right next one what a shame <laughs> i love the opening <laughs> there are pieces of really good episodes in here genuinely the bare bones are strong rtd always fucks it up not oh. enough captain jack it just doesn't work Oh, it um, like a tweet from Donald Trump. Yeah, <laughs> it's sad at the end in capitals. Um, this great guy, great guy, written amazing things. So I've been told amazing episodes. Okay, I've seen all of Cucumber. I thought Banana was terrible, but I'm just getting that in while I can because he's off tomorrow. Isn't he? I I meant to say, Martin, before we started, I went. I wonder how long it will take for James to do his Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good impression. It is, yeah. Enjoy it, because it's gone for a long while. <laughs> I've always said before, you know, it'd be like, oh, guys, have you ever wondered what it'd sound like if President Joe Biden did the speech from Blade Runner? No, we haven't, James. <laughs> okay, well, that's the first five minutes gone. Cheers. This is going to be one of those presidents where no one knows what he sounds like. He's only got the one phrase, will you shut up, man? That's all he says. <laughs> Do you Come think on, Trump man. has left all the White House toilets unflushed this month? I hope so, yeah. I feel like you do that on your way out. You go, what <laughs> I used here? You know he's taken all the light bulbs, so I can just guarantee it. There's a funny sketch someone put online where they were doing, uh, what's her name, Ivanka, returning her Mac at the end and she hasn't bought the charger or something. And he's being like, you know, when you let get, when you quit your job. And he's like, no, no, well, is, I'm not, I'm not, I'm sorry, babe. We're going to have to take $50 off your final bill, off your final paycheck. I don't make the rules, I just enforce them. It's quite a funny little sketch. Well, it's got to be probably Captain Jack. So it would have been, I think, when he'd returned. So, Utopia? No, I will say it's a Series 1 episode. Oh, what? Is it Bad Wolf? It's not. Boomtown? 
Yay, Boomtown. Well done. Well done. What do you guys make of Boomtown? It's an Alan Bennett-esque character piece in the middle. Of- <laughs> it's it's a bit, so isn't it? weirdly timed. I, I really like it. And that I, I think that scene in that cafe with the Doctor and, and, and the Slitheen is, is really, it's really quite a good bit of, of screenwriting. It is. It looks absolute dog shit. It is not a point where it's a visually appealing show. Yeah, that's that's the problem, isn't it? That all the way through, it would have been good with, with a baddie. Like, had it been a baddie, it's fine. But it's the fact that it's one of those farting Slitheens. All the way through, you can't take it too seriously. Because in their first episode, it's a bit of fun. Like, in the World War Three and all that, um, it's all quite fun, because they're all sort of running around Downing Street and farting, and it's all fun. But this is quite a serious piece of of what does it take to kind of decide to change and can can a bad person change their ways? And I feel like this could have been a historical one. He could have done it with someone who was bad from history. But no, it's just, it's just sort of all the way through she did this really serious stuff. But at the end, <laughs> doesn't her arm become Slovene? And she like holds Rose. <laughs> she just got this yeah. stupid big plastic thing on her arm. <laughs> like, and, it's, and it's that woman as well, bless her, who was in every single children's show in the 90s and i feel awful for getting her Annette name badland that's it yeah she obviously went on to play babe in eastenders but she was in every children's tv show in the 90s ever you <laughs> name it she was on it she was always on it so the, when she was on this i was like that is perfect what a perfect peak to her career blonde fell fox <laughs> noel clark says this is the episode that made him take doctor who and his career seriously yeah i can see that i mean there's there's a quite good thing with her with him going on with the fact that she's... Because we always forget, that's quite a dark sort of storyline, I find, in the sense that she's just left him, Mickey, and he's kind of growing up while he's away from her. But she... Rose isn't very good to Mickey. And there's that quite interesting scene where they're kind of, are we still together? Are we not? Oh, well, I'm seeing someone else now because I assume you're with him. But then she's like, well, nothing going on there. And Yeah, it's, it's quite quite an interesting thing there. I wonder why why this was the one that made him take things a bit more seriously well they had a break in filming this was in the second block and he and him and his girlfriend who's now his wife went over to america mm. and they were in quite a serious car wreck the sheriff of the town told him that it's the worst car wreck he's ever seen somebody walk away from and oh. i guess he had this reevaluation of his life because before this he he didn't grow up with doctor who he missed that he'd just seen it as a kid show he was like well this is cbb's this is and i think you can tell that in his performance in the first couple of episodes yeah and it was maybe. when he returned home he dusted off the script they'd written for kidulthood and polished that and really spoke to russell t davis about writing and what you could achieve as a writer and i think rtd yeah. Gave him notes on kid adulthood and stuff like that, and then yeah, the rest is history. Uh, fun, fun fact for you, if you'd like to know, Noel Clark was my sister's drama teacher. Oh wow, really? Yeah, Noel Clark was my sister's drama teacher, and he mentioned something similar about that. To be honest, he said that it took him a while to settle into Doctor Who because he wasn't quite sure what it was. I think he, like you were saying, I think he thought it was a kind of a CBBC esque show and he was told he was playing a comedy relief character so he kind of goofed it up a bit and it is quite funny like when especially when he tries to act sort of hard and stuff especially when you realize in the same year or the year after kid adulthood came out where he's actually quite a scary person but all the way through i'm just thinking it's mickey yeah. <laughs> just imagine Eccles is like no ricky your name's ricky and so he's like yeah he plays sam in that doesn't he he's, 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 um, yeah yeah he plays sam in that but yeah and and he he did talk a bit about that with my sister but he, he was a very good drama teacher she was taught by him he, he ran a sunday drama club in london which i think ran for a few years and it was sometimes taken by him and sometimes taken by a friend of his and it was run in east london and my sister used to attend it there she said it was absolutely fantastic he was a really interesting guy he talked a lot about acting and and what he learned and i think he said that he learned loads from billy piper and he learned loads from christopher eccleston as well he said christopher eccleston was amazing to learn from which you can which kind of goes without saying really imagine that one of your first major acting roles and you're with christopher eccleston but apparently eccleston really struggled with with the comedy side of things yeah i think that comes across yeah he didn't like it because he he liked doing it because he'd never done it before he'd never been like the hero or like the fun character and he says now when i look back the um the comedy scenes are a little bit too goofy and he feels he could have done them a little bit better so hopefully that gave him a little bit of a push to go and do these these new big finish stories which are going to be amazing yeah i'm looking forward to those all right next one (laughs) I cried into my sofa cushion. 
twice at the cushion. <laughs> this could have been a decent base under siege episode, like the Pertwee era excelled at. Pompous, arrogant, unnecessary. Those are just three words that sum up the David Tennant era perfectly. Ooh. I've cringed since 2006, and I can't wait for this Jim Carrey in space to get knocked down four times. Oh, is it Waters of Mars? Oh, do you know what? I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say Midnight. <laughs> that episode is an absolute banger. That and and Midnight is like Russell T Davis. That is that is absolute peak. Yeah, genuinely scary that Mars one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. It is. The elements of like character stuff that hints at something else. Like you, you get like a line that hints that two of the characters have had an affair or are in love and have had this like unrequited love because of sort of regulation. Series three and four had left me a li- maybe a little cold because I felt like Russell T Davis was a bit sort of lean. Because I I was probably thirteen and fourteen, so I was I was edgy as fuck. <laughs> I felt like he was leaning into the comedy of it a bit more and leaning into sort of like it being maybe a bit more of a kids show. I was feeling a bit sort of jaded by it and then he, then he wrote that it's like oh no he this is a really good writer oh, and he's leaving in the next episode imagine if that had been his last episode oh that would have been so good i mean unfortunately you can't do things like that anymore i mean we were talking about this the other day weren't we Martin? when we were saying that unfortunately like i think it was it was one of the ones we i think it was when we talked about the 50th anniversary special yeah. or the third or the 10th anniversary special and how it compared to the 50th is the fact that unfortunately you couldn't write that as the last episode now because nowadays if you tell the bbc all right tenants leaving they'll be like right well you have to write an episode that's got everything in it so you have to bring in the time lords you have to get a big star in timothy dalton to to play this character you have to bring in john sims back you have to bring back Catherine tate you know you have to bring back all these things now you have to tick all these kind of commercial boxes that will bring everyone back and watch it so but that would have been a perfect end to him i think especially he'd flicked and gone a little bit too far at the end and that could have been kind of the thing that pushed him over the edge and killed him. But yeah, it's it is a really good. It's his last great episode for David Tennant, isn't it? Mm. Can you imagine if Adelaide Brooke had shot him, and then he dies, regenerates into Matt Smith, and then forgives mm. her and says, "No, you're right. I went too far." And then she went in the house and killed herself. It, it absolutely could work. Or he died saving them. So so that was always a thought of mine, was if he died saving them, which he's done before. He's put his life on the line to save companions and stuff, which he does with, with Eccleston. But had, he, had he, he laid down his life to, to, to change time and it killed him. And then after all that, she goes and kills herself. And then you have this brand new thing for Matt Smith's doctor, that he's had to live with that, that his whole change, his whole life was born out of something that wasn't worth doing in the first place instead do you want john sim shooting lasers out of his fingers <laughs> yeah sure well, why does he paper, do that I yeah <laughs> why does he do that i don't know why does he eat people i don't know there was, um... why is he wearing a hood now i don't know why is his hair blonde i don't know just enjoy john sims running around being a bit manic okay moving on we got a few more ben told me to watch this i'll never forgive him nina sosanya is fit though ben is that written by Polly? I don't know. <laughs> Who was the name of the, the actress you mentioned at the end there? Nina Sosana. I think she's a very pretty lady, yeah. I'd okay. say she's a pretty lady. I wouldn't I wouldn't go online and go to, yeah, she's, at least she was fit. <laughs> I was like, I don't think any episode I would ever justify by just saying, well, they had a fit person in it. Other than every John Pertwee story, of course. Oh, John. <laughs> oh, John. I have visions of me working on a project and John Pertwee just coming and going, do I really have to call you Mr. Michael? <laughs> no, John, call me Sammy. Imagine Captain Jack and John. Let's just moment silence. I'm sure Captain I'm sure Jack. we can find some stuff online. <laughs> um, <laughs> the yeah, so so that'll be see see her, her whatever see, it was called. See her. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. fear her. And yeah, I Pretty much agree with that summation. Yeah, what or Ben? Who is Ben? There's a weirder one later on. Okay, so we got three more left. Yay. Okay. This is a deliberate attempt to malign the noble profession of acting. Everyone in this is terrible. Poor script, poor direction, poor acting. Mr. Moffat, I'm so sorry, please come back. This is a oh. fake doctor, an imposter, a pretender. A hoaxer. That is the woman who fell to earth. No, but right series. Was it the Pating? Is it the 
It's not, surprisingly. Well, I would have allowed for that because that was a terrible episode. Me <laughs> too. It's good up until Brett Goldstein dies. Yeah, I agree. I quite like the bit when it was just her and him together. That worked quite well. <laughs> Lovely um, together. I don't know if you've seen yes. Adult Life Skills. Yes, um, very good. Hmm. I really rate. I really rate Jodie as an actor. I feel like there is a, there is a really good Doctor in there. And you can see it every now and then, but it's really let down by production. Yeah. That's how I felt about Capaldi. I didn't really enjoy his first two series. It wasn't until series 10 where I feel like the writers had got him, had got him and, and yeah. made him into a really good good doctor. But up to that point, I thought, oh, I just can't be doing with it. You know, what a waste of a good actor. And I feel the same at the moment, really. Again, just my opinion. I know some people really, and I really like Jodie, and I like elements of the 13th Doctor, same as you're saying, but I just feel like we need like one really good episode where we, at least we can say, look, that's what it should be. That's exactly what it should be. I feel like she hasn't had her defining episode yet. <laughs> no, she hasn't. She hasn't. So, oh, I mean, uh, the Rosa Parks episode? No, but you're close. Oh, is it the 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 partition of India one? No. Oh, okay. The witch finders. No. Shall I tell you? Yeah, go for it. This was for the ghost monument. Yeah, that was a bit of a strange episode. It's a nice ending, but yeah, a bit harsh though. Like it's a very <laughs> harsh review. Right, hit us with another one. Week opener. Rose is annoying. This is just dumb fan fiction. It started off so well. Rose? It's not it's Rose. So well. That opening shot of the Earth is great. <laughs> oh, New Earth? No. Oh. Oh, is it fucking, what's it called? The one with, the first one with Donna? No. Oh, one of the season finales, like the first part of the season finale of season four? No. Not Turn Left? It's, oh, it's between series one and two, let's say that. Oh, the Christmas Invasion. Oh, no. I'll yeah, I don't you. know why they called it an opener. It's not really an opener. No, it's not, is it? It's, it's, I watched that one again not too long ago for the first time in years, and I actually thought it was quite good. Like, there's some really silly bits in it, but there's a great way to bring in the new Doctor, I thought, of having him unconscious for most of the episode. When he's there, he's the most sort of, he's the 10th Doctor straight out the gate. Mm. And it, I always feel like he almost seems a bit older than, than he does by the end of his run in, in that first episode. I don't know if it's sort of... Yeah, I know what you mean. He's got funny hair. His hair's a bit a bit long and they've not sort of... The camera quality is, is dog shit. Everything looks smeared in Vaseline. That's the issue, isn't it? Because you always think of him as having spiky hair. Like, that's kind of his look. It doesn't quite look like him. That episode is let down by the green screen right, right where he gets his hand cut off. Oh, yeah, that is a bit... It's oh, really yeah. horrendous. <laughs> Oh my, is it bad now that we're looking? I find it a little <laughs> bit bad and a bit sad that we're now looking back on like the 20, 2005 episodes, 15, well, 16 years later, and going, oh, well, those were the days of bad things. In the same way that, no doubt, in the 80s, they looked back on the 60s episodes and went, oh dear, those early black and white stories were. I remember when the series came back, it looked amazing. They used to do this uh, Doctor Who Confidential little show that was on afterwards. And I remember them talking about the new CGI they were using and how amazing it looked. And it did look amazing. I remember Russell T. Davis saying, oh, you know, well, in 20 years' time, we'll look back at this and go, oh, wasn't it naff? In the same way that we look back at the 80s Doctor Who and go, oh, wasn't it naff? And I thought, well, that'll never happen because there's no way they're going to improve these kind of amazing effects. But unfortunately, yeah, here we are. <laughs> there were some effects that have st- that have stood up really well. Like the, the Daleks on mass flying in space looked great because that was an entirely CG shot. It was when they were combining the two that it doesn't quite fit. Even still for like British TV for that point. Like for American TV for that point, that would look poor. But for British TV for that point, Jesus, you'd never seen a such a thing. Mm. I mean, I think that's a very harsh description of that episode. Yeah, I did did quite like it. I thought it worked quite well. I hate New Earth though. New Earth is awful. <laughs> that is that is dreadful. I, I mean, how I genuinely and this is quite funny. You know the way everyone now is getting really over the top about watching series eleven, series twelve, and go, well, that's it. The, the show's dead. It's all gone. It, there's no such thing as the show anymore. It ended with Capaldi. It's all dead. It's gone, and you've ruined all the. That's how I was on series two. I genuinely watched series two and went, well, that's dead. Well done. You've killed it. It's just come back. It's just it's just come on. 
and you've ruined it. You've ruined it for me. You've ruined it for yourselves. This poor David Tennant won't get a look in anywhere now. He'll be remembered <laughs> as the man who killed Doctor Who. And bear in mind, that was before social media. So I watched that one, the Tooth and Claw one, which on looking back isn't that bad. And then the, the two-handed Cyberman one. And I went, that's it. It's shit. I'm not ever watching it ever again. What a load of rubbish. And then I saw that like the ratings were through the roof and it was more popular than ever. The toy, there was more toys than ever. And he was like now, and everyone had forgotten Eccleston and it just it was not tenants. The man I was thinking... I, I don't understand this fandom anymore. <laughs> In 2006. <laughs> I remember being really upset with, that they'd done an alternative Cybermen thing. Yeah, they weren't just our Cybermen. I always felt, and I've always felt like there, there hasn't been a point in the show where they've gone, all right, here's what's the deal with whether they're these Cybermen or alternative Cybermen. I guess other than Capaldi's last two series. Then that's another alternative evolution of the Cybermen. And it's like, well, cool. That's fine. This show doesn't need to make sense. I think I, I hit a point like a few years ago, and it, it can it can be broken. Fine. Yeah. I mean, ironically, I think the only good Cyberman story, like really good Cyberman story, I've enjoyed was in the last season, which I think was the third from last episode, when it was like the the hybrid thing. You know, when he was like half right. human, half Cyberman. That was such a good episode. And I was like, oh that my god, good. they're doing it. They're gonna do a good Cyberman story. And the next episode was just just crap. And had, I mean it was just you should, you should I wish I'd seen a picture of my face when they had because it was that really cool scene that he was still a bit human and you thought, oh there's still a human element of him. And she says you were a father once you you know and he says yes I was a father and I killed my own child and you're like yes this is what Doctor Who is it's sick and it's horrible and it's scary kids and you've got a grown cyberman saying he murdered his own child for being a traitor and you're like yes this is it the cyber they're gonna be good and then literally within the if you were watching the series non-stop within an hour you've got the master dancing while you have cybermen time lords <laughs> and i wish i could see my face from seeing that cyberman and then seeing the cyberman time lords and just being like what the hell are they doing <laughs> moving on to the last one okay i love doctor who yeah, good start. So does my wife and son, my oh, neighbour and his daughter, several colleagues from work, and our milkman. <laughs> <laughs> so does the milkman, according to my wife, who spends a lot of time <laughs> We all wanted to love this, but it was terrible. Poor oh, acting no. and poor writing. The show has fallen so far. Brackets, bring back Tom Baker. Oh, the only reason man. I'm continuing to slog through this atrocity is because I have to know what happens. I love it when people say things like, bring back Tom Baker. Like They're going to bring this 88-year-old guy, however old he is now, in his white hair. Hello. Oh, no, sir. Oh, no. <laughs> like, leave, let the man be, for God's sake. He's doing big finish. And, oh, God, what could that be? Oh, I mean, it could be any point in the new series, I suppose. I mean, I suppose this must be after the new series has been going for quite a while, because not that many people liked the show before it came back. All right, um, I'll tell you, it's a Capaldi. Oh, God. Could it be Heaven, not Heaven Sent, Hellbent? No, much earlier than that. Oh, dear. Deep Breath? Yay! Yeah, Deep Breath. No, all, yeah, I, do, I wasn't too keen on Deep Breath. It's a bit strange. Yeah, it's a weird one as well because I think every new Doctor should kind of act like a mini reboot. Mm. And you would have people that were coming because of P it was Peter Capaldi. He was a big name when he yeah. got the part. And then suddenly you've got this lizard woman and a potato man. And <laughs> the lizard woman is a lesbian with the housemaid. And it's like, if you've never seen the show before, you're confused from the second <laughs> it starts. Who are all these people? What are they doing here? Yeah. They don't turn up and he's run again. They're not integral to like yeah doctor what i like was quite funny if i remember that episode right <laughs> it's a really weird and this is so to tell you how i really hated this season there's basically this bit where i've forgotten her name what's the name of the silurian woman madame vastra madame vastra so vastra kind of has a go at <laughs> she basically has a go at <laughs> at Clara for not fancying the Doctor anymore. She basically just has this massive go at her saying, oh, you don't fancy him anymore, bitch. <laughs> and she's like, well, no, of course I don't. It was Matt Smith and now he's the bloke from the thick of it. Of course I don't. But no, she, she's just, in the end, she sort of says, oh, yes, I bloody do. I used to have a poster of someone on my wall. I think it's like Albert Einstein. I had a picture of Albert I, I fancy Albert Einstein, therefore I fancy him. And basically 
there's this sort of petty argument again, like we said, that Moffat makes the mistake of they say if you want to write a good female character, here's a good start. Don't just have them talking about men all the time. So there's whole this this whole serious intervention about whether or not she fancies the Doctor anymore. So they have that argument, and then in, by the end of it, she doesn't fancy him anymore, which is refreshing. Don't get me wrong; it's very refreshing to for once not have a companion just kind of falling in love with the Doctor. But it's just funny that they have that conversation, and then she's just like, "Oh no, he's like a dad to me now." Yeah, I hate that they bring Matt Smith back at the end. Yeah, that's that that to me says they didn't have faith in Capaldi. They have to bring Matt Smith in to like imagine if they'd done that with with Matt Smith. Like Matt Smith's opener is so good. Imagine at the end of it, you had Tennant call out and go, Oh hello, yeah. Yeah, he's a new doctor. Oh, he's gonna be great. Yeah, it just wouldn't be right. Or Eccleston turning up at the end yeah. of um, Although I would like to see Tom Baker turn up at the end of look up um, the end of Castrovalva. That would be even worse because they've been in the role for seven years. Yes. So imagine the new Doctor. Everyone's like, "Oh, that guy from Creatures Great and Small, really?" Yeah. And then you have the most popular Doctor ever turn up and be like, mm-hmm. "Yes, he is the Doctor." Yeah, I know he's young and stupid and light, but Adric, you must look. And the other two go, well, "I've only just met him." to be honest. So I only just met you, mate. So chill out. Well, where else would that be funny? Paul McGann at the end of Rose. Imagine that. Everyone would be like, who the hell is this? <laughs> John <laughs> That'd be amazing. Oh no, who would it be? It'd be John Hurt randomly. No, no. Why is John Hurt here? Oh, find out in five years time. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Goodbye. The fuck <laughs> or, I suppose they did that with Sylvester McCoy and, um, and, Paul McGann, though. Well, they had him at the beginning, like him change, but they didn't have him turn up at the end and go to Grace. Grace! Oh. <laughs> that sounds like Ace, but Grace! You've got to be there to be eradicating away this challenge. So she'd be like, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm happy with the new Doctor. He's, he's you know, quite good looking. I know you really fancied me, Grace, but the fact is I'm gone now. And you'd be like, no, I'm fine with that, mate. You just fucking stay dead and I'll go off with this nice man. Thank you. Sylvester McCoy had the least Doctor Who death of any of the Doctors. It's like, yeah, the, the least what? He has the least Doctor Who death, where it's like, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not radiation poisoning or... <laughs> Shot in the gang war. ...in a drive-by by, like, the fucking triads. I mean, we, I know we did a whole episode on this one, Martin, but, I mean, we that... Did. We still, people can't get over that because he's such a kind of jolly doctor. A bit like if, if they suddenly turn around and went, a bit like, you know, there's this whole rumour about, you know, season 6B, that after we see Troughton fall to earth, he doesn't actually change then. He has like another bit of a season, which is where he met the sixth doctor. You've all heard that rumour, right? The season 6B. Yeah. Now imagine they decided to write that in and that's a big finish decide to do season 6B and they do the whole thing from start to finish. The, the, the re- and then imagine at the end he was killed by Fred West. <laughs> like, 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 just imagine it. It would just be horrific. Or he was just like, I don't know, he was shanked to death in the middle of East London in 2017. It's horrific. And because you will, and it kind of, I know what you mean, because it, it makes me realise it more now. I mean, I remember watching that as a child and being like absolutely terror terrified that he was just gunned down in cold blood what i love is like you watch all these like episodes especially like his very early ones with mel and it's all very silly and he's all sort of he's playing the spoons he's dancing around his umbrella he's doing little hopscotches and all that and you think no you're gonna get gunned down (laughs) in san francisco and then you can't heal because you're because they're using the wrong anesthetic on you gee that's dark isn't it in in an american hospital bed well, you're going to have to pay at the end as well. Oh, it's horrific, isn't it? They stick the thing down his archery and his legs <laughs> kick and stuff. I think it's the, you know, Matthew Tuffello, who, who's Batman March. Oh, yeah. On YouTube. And he does, he works with Billy Garrett John. They do the, the review of death. That apparently, like, terrified him as a child. He was, I think, about seven when that came out. He was probably about the same age as me. It's about seven or six or seven or eight. And he just said that haunted him for life. Like, really terrified him. Like, because what an awful way to die. Like, it's quite a real thing. A botched operation. Like, imagine them all sitting around one day when you see them going, you know, Colin Baker killed by radiation from the Rani. You know, the, the fifth doctor saved Perry by taking, by, by giving away the antidote to his poison. Eggleston, you know, 
took in the um thing oh yeah i was gunned down and then there was a botched operation <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's just bad it's so naughty it's yeah it's pretty pretty sad all right oh. guys i've had a lot of fun tonight yeah it's been uh, good fun i mean i'm really sorry to hear about that guy's wife his kids <laughs> his milkman and all of that i like the idea of them all just coming together the next morning like the neighbors like the milkman turns up and he, ju- he just turns up with no milk and they all cut him out and the neighbors come out and they go what is it and he just goes how how can i deliver milk on a day like today <laughs> What if this guy was the only one who didn't like it out of all of that group? (laughs) Maybe this causes his divorce. It's like, how can you like that episode? (laughs) James, why don't you tell people where they can find you? You can find me, James O Comedy, on Instagram, or also Real Dumb Art on Instagram. Check me out there. And if you want my stupid left-wing ramblings, then follow me on Twitter at at J.A. O'Donoghue. And see me retweet someone who I don't quite understand, but they seem fun. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget his artwork as well. You go and see his Doctor Who artwork; it's very, very good and available. I'm gonna, I'm gonna repost that soon with with pricing, and also probably redo a couple of them because I've gotten better since I did it. So, hey, hey. Oh, they're very good. They are very, very good. So, Sam, you got anything to promote? Yeah. Well, if you like to follow my far right ramblings, then do follow me. Uh, no, don't. I'm not. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon. Thank you. Equipment used in the creation of this feature was purchased for a grant from Gray and the Paul Hamlin Foundation. <laughs>